Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode number 77. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Brussell and thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a rookie on this flight or a frequent flyer on the Starship Golf Better, we're glad you're with us. And speaking of frequent flyers, we've got some old Wiley veterans joining us in the, in the studio. They've both been on separately, but not together. First of all, Vice President Kerry Cabase and also Mike Clue. Guys, thanks so much. Hey, uh, thanks for having us, Tom. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun uh, doing it, and uh, we figured we'd get together and uh, tag team this one. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Appreciate the invitation. Well, you guys are always busy, and it's hard to pry you away, but we're glad we're here. A lot going on out there in the golf world this year, and your th- your guys' thoughts so far on this year. What quite a year, and it's shaping up. Ryder Cup, too, right? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, what I've liked uh, as far as the uh, PGA Tour, you have a lot of new names coming out there. You've seen some really good young players like Ricky Fowler, uh, the young guys have kind of taken over this year. Bill Haas, some guys have won for the first time. So I think it's really energized the tour to get some of these young blood guys out there and really, uh, you know, I think they've brought a lot to the game. Yeah, I think a, a couple of weeks ago it was seven consecutive weeks that there was a player of foreign descent winning. And that's been a long time since that's happened. I think it's a very long time. But, yeah, the uh, foreign contingent is really, really, again, a lot of young good players. Uh, Rory McIlroy, obviously, Adam Scott, good to see him get his game going again. So, I think it's uh, shaping up to to really be a uh, kind of a free fall this year. So there's a lot of really good players playing well. Hey, guys, thanks again for joining us. One of the things that we do periodically is we get – Kenny gets a lot of questions in from listeners, and he answers each and, each and every one of those with those listeners. But not everybody gets to hear those answers, and so it might be good for some of these the people out in the listening audience to hear some of those questions because it might pertain to them. So we've got a few questions from some listeners. We'll lob at you guys, and we'll see where we can go with them, okay? Perfect. All right, our, our first question is from Danny Clark in Richmond, Texas. He says, Dear Kenny, I went to a local golf store, not yours, he puts in parentheses, looking for some golf balls. I told the guy that waited on me, I was a 15 handicap, hit my drives about 240, and asked him what the best balls were for me. Kind of concerned me because he went and grabbed a dozen balls, I won't say the brand, and they were on a on a display and said that these were the best. I hear you guys talking about getting fitted for golf balls from time to time, and I, I think there's a little more to it than what he did, isn't there? Love the show. Thanks again, uh, Danny out in Texas. Well, a lot of the companies now, uh, Bridgestone started it a few years back uh, doing ball fittings, Tom, and what you really do is they will actually bring you into our into our hitting bays where our simulators are and really uh, go through a, a, a thorough fitting with you of what really, uh, you know, your what your spin is and all the different variables there would be uh, on a ball fitting, and, and the, our guys are great at doing this. So uh, what, what the what the gentleman probably did there was pretty much uh, got the bases, and that was his recommendation. The one thing that's changed a lot in golf balls over the years, I think there are a lot of really, really good golf balls out there. There used to be one brand, and it's still the top brand, obviously, in Titleist. But now uh, with Callaway, Bridgestone, Shrixon, uh, there are a lot of guys, uh, Tedder May with a new pen, a lot of really, really good golf balls out there. And, and a lot of them would actually be, would, would fit a player. So it's, it's hard just to pinpoint sometimes just one exact golf ball. But uh, our guys are very uh, good at uh, sitting down with people and, and getting them in the hitting bays and, and going through the, with them and uh, doing all the calculations to make sure they get the right golf ball. I think sometimes a golfer might get hung up on what gets me three or four more yards. Mike is, I mean, that really might not be the right thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom and I uh, were talking about this earlier. I, I think that uh, one, one of the, the smartest things somebody ever told me was to play from the green backwards. And for me, you know, you, you can sit down and you can go through these fittings, which I think everyone should, and I highly recommend it. 
but when it when it really boils down to is you know how you know how many times are you missing the green um you really should have a ball that spins right for you uh because it, Tom's right if it doesn't matter how far you hit the ball if you can't put it on the green uh, you're not going to score well people look at club heads and say I can't hit that club because it doesn't look right and the same thing maybe with a ball well now we're having some color coming back into balls but sound plays into that too doesn't it I do, it definitely does for me I, I I, I can be fitted for a bulb and go out, and if I don't like the way it sounds off the of the driver or off of the uh, putter, I, I got to find another ball. So you know, it's just sounds a factor also. And so, Danny, it sounds like find out what ball feels good to you from your short game on back, and also on the putting green. What what ball feels good? And if you want to take another step, like you said, Gary, get into a launch monitor and you look yep. at ball speed and spin rate and and so forth, right? Yeah, I think obviously around the green is very important. Chipping. And, and putting to make sure the feel's right for you. That's very, very important, uh, no matter what ball you have. But I think the, the key is there are a lot of really, really good golf. I think that's one thing that I've seen over the last few years that's really changed in the golf industry is that there are a lot of really very good golf balls being made by different manufacturers. Others. So you got a really, really good selection to go from. In fact, we, even for the guys in the past that have, have looked for colored golf balls, there's actually one out there right now by Strixon. That is a yellow colored uh, golf ball. It's the first one that was really what I would call a premium golf ball. So actually you see guys on tour playing. So that's even been something a little bit different. And what's good for the consumer with all that competition with good golf balls, that price is going to come down, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Danny, thanks so much for your question. You'll be getting that golf better podcast cap out in the mail to you. We'll be calling you to get your, uh, get your address. Hey guys, our next question is from Randy Nelson in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Kenny. What does it mean when an announcer on TV says the golfer short-sighted himself? I hear that a lot, but I really don't know what it means. I'm an expert at that. <laughs> that simply means that uh, if the pin's on, the say, the right side of the green and uh, you miss the green, you've, you've missed it to the right of the pin. In other words, the, when they say short-sighted, you have the littlest amount of green to work with to try to get it up and down. So, uh, you know, the, the key, and you hear the announcer say that all the time, if you're going to miss – uh, a green if you miss one you almost have to you know cheat to a certain angle so you don't short sight yourself because lots of times you do that when you only have a few feet of green to work with you have no chance to get it up and down well if you have a natural draw or a natural fade is that going to help you here too i mean if if you know you're going to cut the ball it's going to take one side or the other out of play i mean because there's really a lot of teachers say there's n- no one really hits a straight ball all the time you're going to favor one way or the other yeah but the key is is if you have to give it a little room for error there. So if you do miss it, you want to make sure you're, like you said, you're not short signing. You're not missing it where you have so little amount of green to work with to be able to, to try to get the ball up and down. And that goes back to Danny's question. If you're going to short side yourself, you better have a ball you can stop, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much, Randy. We'll be getting in touch with you for the uh, Golf Better podcast cap. Our next question comes from Chuck O'Neill in Minnetonka, Minnesota. He says, Kenny, first of all, I love the show. You guys are really good and insight to the game and the guests you bring on with you are fantastic. Now for my question. I'm in the early stages of arthritis in my hands and wrists and fingers. I know there's some gloves out there that can help me. Can you tell me about them and maybe some other things that can help me? Because I know this isn't going to get any better with age. I, I love the game. I don't want to give it up. Thanks all you can, uh, any help you can lend. Chuck, he's up in Minnesota. Maybe the first thing, Mike, is he can move south where he can play a little more. <laughs> well, that's uh, true. Uh, it's a great question because it's something that I struggled with, uh, and I'm not that old. Uh, just holding the club so tight that by the, you know by the time the 16th hole, 17th hole came around, my hands were just wore out, and 
And I think one of the great things is there are a lot of products uh, outside of just gloves. You can, you know, go with grips. For me, uh, I added uh, a mid-sized grip and two wraps of tape um, to the club. And, tell you, I play 18 holes and, and don't even, uh, hands don't hurt or ache anymore. But uh, with all the all the new compounds out there with grips, um, shafts, I mean, going with graphite shafts is, is, is an option. Um, and then, of course, the bionic glove is, is a great option also. Talk about that type of glove. It's, I guess it's patented as bionic glove by the people that make it, but there are some other gloves that compete with that glove. What's so special about that glove? Well, what they do is they actually have a little extra padding in some of the pressure points, which uh, and by doing that really does help some of the cushion some of the shock. Mike made a good point. Shafts are a factor, too. Graphite works. Also, there are a lot of companies that have what they call dampeners in shaft, uh, there's a Sensacore shaft made by uh, True Temper that has a dampener in there to help absorb the shock. Ping has a cushion they actually put in their shafts, which helps dampen them. So that's another way to do it. But uh, uh, gloves, uh, like Mike said, are do help. Grips help. There, there are many ways to do it. But the Bionic glove is one that we sell a lot of. And it really, uh, as it says, just kind of is a form for your hand to really help absorb a lot of the shock. Well, years ago in Major League Baseball, you didn't see anybody wearing gloves. But, boy, how that bat would sting if you catch the vibration. Now you see them all. So it, the vibration, the key is taking it out of there, albeit with the shaft, glove, or whatever, right? Exactly. Chuck, thanks so much for your question. We'll be getting in touch with you to get that cap out to you. Adam Yelverton brings our next question. Gentlemen, he's from Tacoma, Washington. He says, Dear Kenny, we get lots of rain up here in Washington. I'm looking to invest in a, in a rain suit. I haven't done this before. All I have is an umbrella. Is this something I would need to get fitted for? And I'm 6'2", weigh about 230. Also, are there any gloves, grips, or some, whatnot that you can recommend for me as, as well so get into rain play? Well, you uh, you can get fitted for them. I mean, I think you just have to have your normal size. You a lot of people ask us how can I order something on the uh, like on the internet or something like that when I really don't know my size. But you can give us your sleeve size, you can give us your pant length size like that, and we can actually go out and, and verify that the right size. I would think someone like uh, his size, pretty much the same size I, size I am, would probably would use an extra large. I think it's important to get something a little bit bigger than you normally get there, so you have the the room. Usually, I'm just going to have a shirt underneath or even a sweater, so you want to have something where you have plenty of room in it, so you. You can swing, swing properly. Well, Payne Stewart kind of popularized the short sleeves yep. when he ripped the sleeves off back in the open. Uh, like you said, you don't want to feel restricted, so it depends on your weather, too. I would think if, you, if you're a little warmer weather, you might want to go with a sure. short sleeve or zip-offs, too. And, Mike, I think some of the pants offer that as well, that you can zip the pants. Yeah, off. I think technology has, has come along in, in rain, rain pants. I remember the first time I wore a, a pair of rain pants, um, talk about just sweat like crazy, and now, uh, you know, it's amazing all the, the lightweight fabrics and the breathability uh, that are built into all the products, you know, from pants uh, uh, to, to jackets and, you know, zip-offs and, and whatnot. They make them, you know, so uh, from a comfort standpoint, uh, you can stay out there and play. Yeah, back in the old days, it's almost like you were putting on a trash bag. It was absolutely covered up. There was no breathability. Yeah. Um, also, rain gloves. I know those come in pairs, do they not? I mean, yeah. that's important, too, if you're going to be playing a lot in the rain, right? Yeah, just, uh, just about every uh, glove manufacturer, you know, Foot Joy, all of them really have a nice rain glove. The grip's better, so it's designed like that. So, you know, rain grip-type gloves are very popular. Well, several of the manufacturers also have rain towels. Really? You know, where the, the way the towel is designed, that, that uh, the way it folds, the inside of the towel will uh, stay dry, you know, and that can help keep the grips uh 
you know, you get a chance to wipe the grips off and, and uh, put your rain gloves on and go. I think the last thing I'd recommend to Adam is he's looking from the top down. Don't forget the shoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to have 100% waterproof shoes yeah. or else it's going to be a long day for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And just about all now are that way, right? Most of them are. Yeah. Adam, thank you so much for your question. Thanks for listening. It's, it's great having you with us on the show in the form of a question, and we'll get that cap out to you. Here's the deep question that comes across a lot, and I, I know we've brought this out before. This is from Michael Jones in Aurora, Colorado. Kenny, I'm, I'm starting to look into little technology a bit, GPS versus rangefinders. What do you recommend? What are the main differences? Thanks, and I love the show. All right, I'll flip the coin and you guys can pick. But uh, this is this is deep, but it's a great question. Well, you know, it is a great question, um, and it's probably one uh, that we all uh, struggle with. Um, last time I went out, I used a rangefinder. The time before that, on the same course, uh, I used the GPS, and I think they both have uh, humongous uh, advantages. Um, you know. I don't know. I think it's a toss up. It, it's, you know, some people are, are technology driven and, and, and others don't like, they just like to push a button. So I, you know, I don't know that I shot any better, uh, having either, either product. I don't know that I felt any more comfortable knowing the distances. Um, it's personal choice. I think it also has a lot to do maybe where you play. I think a lot of people, uh, that are just looking for something uh, where they're looking for yardage, uh, you know, on their shot to the green. You know, they, they're looking for something pretty simple. In many cases, that guy maybe just need to be a range finder. That's what it's real simple. He shoots it, and there he goes. He's he sees it, and off he goes. Other people are playing golf courses that have a lot of hazards and things like that, and really need to get more into you know uh, viewing the hole, mm-hmm. which a lot of them do for overhead views. So I think it's how technical you want to be. I think they're great. Whatever you buy, it really helps your game. I don't think anyone would deny that it enhances your game, it speeds up play. All those factors are great. And then I think you just need to, and, and whether it be a Bushnell or Sky Caddy, we carry all the major brands, Golf Buddy, all of them. Uh, Callaway's got a good one, Pro. There are a lot of really good ones out there. And I would just research and just look at some of the features and benefits, what works good for you. Uh, you know, if you play a lot of different golf courses, that may determine uh, which one you get. So uh, the, the key is, though, I think that does enhance the game quite a bit. And it definitely speeds up play, and those are two things that we all we all know is near and dear to all of us. I think this is a question where there's really no wrong answer no. because you have some caddies on tour that endorsed Bushnell and said, "I yep. need the precise yardage yep. that green," and you only have other caddies like Bones McKay, Mickelson's caddy, who is just the the U pro, and he's obviously been pretty successful with it. Advancement in both of these. The, one of the problems I had early on with the rangefinder was locking into the pin. I guess that's come a lot because if you if your hand's not really yeah. that steady, that was a little tough on the yeah. front end, wasn't it? Yep. Now it's a little little different now, right? Oh yeah. I mean, these things are really and they and they can continue to evolve. I think every year we see something, some new great features with them. But they're again, I, the key is is how much more fun it is to play. And you can, you know, what's nice is to go to a golf course you really never played much, and you're able to go in and. Uh, you know, uh, when you have no, I play a golf course pretty regularly. I probably don't even need one uh, most of the time because I know the distances. But when you go play someplace else, it really is. Uh, it really helps speed play up. Where should you use these that most people don't use them? Well, I, I personally think that they should use it from a hundred yards in. I mean, if you if you look at the tour, um, whether it be the PGA Tour, the Nationwide, um, LPGA, I don't think that they're utilized in the amateur world um, close in as much as. They should be. You know, people just look at it and say, oh, this is just a wedge. Yeah, is it a wedge? Is it a gap wedge? Is it a sand wedge? Is it a lob wedge? Exactly how far is it? How far do you want to hit it? Where's the ridge? 
the biggest uh, area um, for improvement is is that short game. And it, you know, to Kerry's note, if if I were to do a perfect, it'd be a it'd be a GPS for long distances and in the rangefinder for short distances. And believe it or not, I've had them both in the cart because um, <laughs> it's nice to see the layout and know what the hazards are when you've got the big sticks in your hand. But when you get in close, uh, I, I want to pinpoint accuracy, and that 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 laser rangefinder is hard to beat. Well, Michael, I don't know if we answered your question, but there are the differences, and I don't think you're going to go wrong either one. But uh, I'm, uh, which one do you got, Carrie? Which one do you play with? You play both? I have both. I've I've tried both. Uh, we uh, we test a lot of them, so I actually have used both of them. I think, as Mike said, I think they're both very, uh, you know, both uh, have used are very accurate, and definitely what I like about it is how much it speeds up play and and. Kind of funny, the group I play, we have about 30 of us, a little gaggle play together. We probably, a couple of years ago, nobody had one, and now just about everybody has one. It really does make the game more fun. Yeah, the big thing is when you have wedge in your hand and you're under 100, don't leave it in the cart. Figure out exactly how far you got, and that'll help you probably score more than anything. Absolutely. Michael, thanks so much. And, and to everybody, Danny, Randy, Chuck, Adam, and Michael for your questions. Um, like I said, we answer everyone, but every once in a while we get some that we'd like to share with everybody so you'll have those Golf Better podcast caps coming out your way. Gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for being here. It's been a lot of fun, but uh, things are happening a lot here at Edwin Watts Golf. We've had the new Sears opening in Friendswood, Texas just last week. Talk about that, Gary. Yeah, uh, one of our store and stores. Uh, we're going to do a test of 12 stores in, uh, in different Sears throughout the United States. It's uh, going to be approximately about 3,000 square foot. It'll have almost all the uh, products that we normally carry. Uh, there'll be some price, probably a few more price point items in there, but we're really excited about it. It'll, it's run by our people, so... You can get in there and get uh, professional help uh, uh, from uh, people that know golf, and uh, we're really excited about going there. Also, we've uh, we've uh, opened some new stores in Georgia. We opened one in Panama City here uh, this weekend. We got three new ones in uh, in Georgia and Augusta, Macon, and Albany. They'll be opening soon, and eventually later in the year in Bluffton, in South Carolina. So. Uh, a lot going on uh, as far as expansion with us. Yeah, to keep up with us, obviously, keep checking our website. But become a fan of ours on Facebook and follow us on Twitter because that's a way to get some instant information, also some deals that happened a little bit earlier. Mike, thanks so much. And Kerry, thanks so much for being here today, guys. It's been fun. Well, we appreciate you having us. I know we're not as interesting as some of the guests that uh, you've had on here lately, but uh, we sure have a lot of fun, and we uh, we really enjoy it. And thanks to all the fans out there for listening. And join us back in a couple weeks when we have another episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.